Well, they have experienced Jesus' death, his resurrection, and his ascension. And here in Acts 2, the apostles are out with the Holy Spirit, sharing Jesus' teachings. This is the first time that they're ministering on their own. Ministry happens while they eat with people. Ministry happens while they're praying with people. And as more people devote their lives each day to Jesus, here in Acts 2, churches are beginning to form. Now, at the time of Acts 2, mostly due to societal views on justice, Christian churches were formed as intentional communities. People were no longer working simply for themselves and their own homes. People were working as a community, as a whole, together, (coughs) ensuring no one went without and that everyone had enough. With glad and generous hearts, they broke bread together, knowing that around this table is where the real ministry happens. It's where hearts are known. It's where joys are shared. Around this table is where we come together. We were going to tell you how important ministry is and to encourage you to love each other. But then we began to realize that ministry is one of the best things our church does. You know how to be ministering disciples. We've been here a year now. Last Sunday marked our one-year anniversary with you. And from the moment we arrived, we've seen you in ministry. You ministered to us before we even ministered to you. From the first time we met, you were in service, preparing our yard, helping us move into our home, handing out bottles of water and sandwiches. You were ministering to us and loving us. We've seen our youth perform service projects, from cleaning church closets that no one dared to touch, to organizing and labeling at the last minute all of our church yard sale items. We've seen them raking leaves at some of your homes. We've seen them stock our local Norwalk food pantry. We've seen them mop the floors of a downtown Des Moines homeless shelter. And none of these even include any of our actual mission trip projects that we've done with them. None of these include those from our youth group that help our children after school with our Dinky and JYF programs. It doesn't include the weeks that they spend counseling out at the campground. It didn't include those that participated in the children's Christmas pageant, helping them to make sure it was a success. That brings me to our children. And the ministry that they share, the ministry that they do, 
they have the most gleeful expressions plastered on their faces whenever you mention to any of them just the slightest idea of going out and helping someone. Whether it's something silly like picking up litter outside or pulling the weeds, it doesn't matter. Whether it's making Play-Doh for the small school that's here on Main Street. Whether it's joining in on some of the ministries that are already happening. Our kids love it each summer when the ladies from the prayer shawl ministry go and teach them how they do their ministry. And they get to finish some of the shawls that the ladies have already begun. They love the idea of getting to help with the card ministry. And it might seem silly that they put band-aids on pieces of paper and say, get well soon. But they love the ministry that they do. They love knowing that they are a part of this church in more ways than one. They are active participants in our church. Big and small, we've all got ministry skills to share. When I think of ministering disciples, I immediately think of our pastoral partners. Some of you are pastoral partners Our chair, Don Darnell, I think of the many ways that you send notes of encouragement to our church family when they need them or stop by homes or hospitals to visit. In particular, I remember one day a few months ago, Randy Williams sent us a message. Teresa was going to be alone for one of her first chemo treatments, and he wanted to find somebody to be with her. And Marty and I couldn't do it that day, and so we sent Don Darnell a text, and Don said, yeah, yeah, I can do it. And Don just dropped whatever Don was doing. I don't know what it was, but as our pastoral partner chair, he modeled for us all what it means to do ministry. And he just sat with Teresa for several hours while she sat waiting on her treatment to finish. That is ministry. I've lost count of the number of mornings when we show up here at the office around 8.30 or so. And the parking lot's already filled with empty trucks and cars of people who've shown up uh, much earlier than we got up to drive together to the Christian Conference Center to do work, always led by Arnie Becker, to go and to prepare new buildings, to get ready for camp, to do whatever was needed on the drop Uh, in a moment's notice, they will show up and go and serve. And many of those same people will then later in the week or over the weekend show up at some of your houses and provide service. Uh, When word got out that Kristen Lofsgaard's house needed um, some help uh, uh, doing some painting and some repair work, we had people lining up to help. And Gary Fox organized them and then made sure it got done before he went to China. Uh, there was some late nights when he was down the street. I felt bad just kind of driving by. And Gary's out there still working, uh, trying to beat the rain. Many of you contributed to that project. Uh, when word got out that Mary Kuhn, our nursery worker, needed uh, some uh, stuff trimmed in her yard and some yard work done. Kathy Pierce organized some of you together and spent a whole day out there and drove by and it looked like a different place. Uh, we were surprised. We didn't even know uh, things were happening. And then you just made it happen without any encouragement from us. That's how ministry in this church works. 
I think of the many ways this last year that the Ministerial Association has provided opportunities for us to serve. When you were asked to donate to Operation Warm Coats last fall, you gave more money than was actually even needed. All the coats were purchased. The mit- we were able to buy mittens and boots and, and hats and everything that was needed and still had money left over. Some of that money then went towards our Angel Tree project and our teenagers were able to go out and go shopping for kids of their own age who needed things and pick out items at the Super Target uh, to give to their peers. But some of you were upset because we ran out of angels on our angel tree. And you actually were complaining to us. Where are the angels? We're out of angels. So we had to go just make up people to give to. We, we had to go around and just dig the highways and the byways and, and look for people in need. We called the school system and asked and found a, a few families that needed some extra help. And you gave of money and gifts to provide for them. Uh, when we uh, gathered uh, money together for the food pantry, twice uh, you gave just on one offering almost $2,000. You give of food when we rolled the cart down the aisle and we were overwhelming the food pantry with more supplies than they could process. I'll never forget a conversation. She, she was here first service, uh, Nicole Butler. Um, this last year, as you know, her son Josh uh, was in school in Laramie, Wyoming, and she dropped him off, and she met his roommate, a guy named Khalifa from California. And just in passing, you know, Nicole, in her way, started asking him questions and learned about his life story, that several years ago, he and his wife had lost their three-year-old son, and shortly after that, uh, his wife had cancer, and then was recovering from that when he lost his job of 11 years. And now he was leaving his family for a year to go to school to provide for them. And was not going to be able to go home during this whole year. And Nicole just, her heart was broken. And she came and during the passing of the peace one Sunday during this service, she pulled me aside. Hey, hey. And told me the story in like two minutes. And said, we need to help. I, I'm helping and, and, and other people might want to help. And then she started grabbing some of you and told you the story. And then she told the story to our outreach committee. And they met and decided, yeah, yeah, we do need to help. And a church in Norwalk, Iowa, bought a guy in Wyoming a ticket to fly back home to California to be with his family for Christmas. And just completely overwhelmed them with kindness. We've never met them. She has. Josh has. But through her spirit, a pastoral heart, gave us an opportunity to serve somebody. You may not even know that happened unless you read your newsletter. It was in there, I guess. But a chance to serve somebody who was in need. That's the spirit of this church. But here's the thing. It's not just something that we've witnessed this last year as if this was an extraordinary year. This is the history of this church. You may have read your newsletter as well. Uh, and, and read the story that uh, the, the article I wrote last month about the faithful women that have served this church. I love the story uh, that goes all the way back to 1899, the first women's circle of this church, how they sold handkerchiefs to raise $75 to purchase the first church parsonage of our church for the minister's family to live in. $75. It was a pretty nice house, I heard, too. <laughs> And that's a legacy that just continued. Jenny McAfee's circle just had uh, their last meeting and uh, a a ministry that had continued for decades, serving our graduates, serving in in so many ways, providing educational opportunities, fellowship opportunities, just a gift to this church. This last year, uh, we laid to rest Reverend Val Johnson, who, as I learned about his life, I learned more about this church's history and He was just instrumental uh, in our church's service to our community. He helped 
found the Norwalk Ministerial Association. And his request, as, as we often do when someone passes away in our church, we give memorials. And you and his family and friends gave over $5,000 to his memorial. And he said he wanted that money to go to help people. That's all Val said. And his family decided the best way to do that was to give it to this church, to our net fund, which is a fund that we have that just gives to people in need. And so his legacy even continues today, something that goes back many years in this church. Our church has been a place for our community, how we welcome boys and Girl Scouts, how we welcome now community cares in their office in our basement. We've hosted weddings for people we know and people we don't know. We've had funerals and funeral meals for people we know and people we don't know, always surrounding people with hospitality. We've run the Meals on Wheels program for decades, a program that would not exist if it weren't for our support and many of you who are drivers. Uh, some of you shared some stories of ministry. Margot Marillo told us about how this church has stood beside her family uh, when two of her granddaughters were born prematurely and had many medical needs, and you surrounded them with love and care. And when her uh, nephew, Jacob, was in need of surgery, had his leg amputated last year, you surrounded them, you gave money towards the medical fund. And that's a story I can just see faces of people here that I know has been repeated time and time again as you've lost loved ones, children, spouses, grandchildren who've had needs. This church comes together to support. And well, we could sit here and just tell stories all day and open it up to you. So many stories from the past, from our present, things happening even today of disciples and ministry together. This is a legacy that continues. The early church grew daily because people saw them working in ministry together. You see the symbolic disciples chalice each week with the St. Andrew's cross. St. Andrew is associated with laity and evangelism. Ministering is to others is not a radically new concept. It's something our heritage values and something that our Disciples, heritage, and roots depend upon. It's something that the early church in Acts knew well. May we continue to find ways to minister to our community, letting the great welcome of Jesus be known to all. And one great way that is coming up is our Norwalk Fourth of July parade. Our church members will be the ones marching with glad and generous hearts, kazoos in mouth, not in perfectly formed lines, but praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. Let us now prepare to come before Christ's table as we sing number 413, Take Our Bread, a song about giving our gifts of ministry to Christ so that we can be blessed and shared with our world. <laughs> 